for them to come out with the trailer opening with a Bob Marley song sung by Thames that transitions into a Kendrick song. Like what? Like that's, that's next. That's not even Marvel level stuff. That's like cinematic masterpiece level art that we're talking about. That's not, that's not regular. Yo, it's your boy, Sabri706. This is KTSC Av. This is episode 115. We have our illustrious host, uh, Ladies First, uh, Reverend, aka Pink Sauce, and Marcus the Dog Butcher. Don't say that too loud. Don't say it too loud. Just that, That's just for the chat. That's for the chat, not for the audio listeners, because they're going to take it out of context. They're going to come to my Twitter acting stupid, and I don't want to deal with that. Yes, and if you are on Twitter or wherever you're listening, appreciate it. Definitely drop a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify. Our YouTube channel is trash, but if you want to get in the live conversation, definitely follow us on there to get the notification so we can get it chopping in real time. But anywho, it's been a great week. It's been an excellent week. How's y'all's week been going? Well, I've had the vid for the past seven days. Uh, so oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's how my week's been going. It hasn't been bad, though. I mean, I, I don't say that to be like, y'all niggas is weak for having COVID or being sick with it. Uh, I recognize my uh, intense privilege of being vaccinated and boosted and dealing with uh, minimal symptoms. I had a fever for like a day, day and a half. But other than that, I've just kind of been uh, sneezing and watching YouTube videos. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't mess around with that vid stuff. I don't. I I don't even like saying the name because I don't want it coming around me. I kind of treat it like Candyman. Like just, I keep a respectful distance away from it, and I don't talk shit about it. Uh, as far as me, I spent uh, most of the weekend with the family out in Legoland, getting black as shit, uh, spending a lot of money, and eating terrible food. But it was a family thing. We had a great time. Kids enjoyed themselves. I had a, we had a good time. I felt like I felt like Legoland. Uh, better than Disneyland. I'll say that. I'm going to say that. Hot take. I'll so you're telling me you took time out of your vacation to like mouth hug Marshall Mathers on the internet instead of like giving your kids a kiss on the head? Man, them kids is like six or four. They ain't trying to get no kisses on the head no more. They're like, nigga, get off me. They thugging it out right now. Out here, cr- oh, nah, I ain't going to say that. Out here thugging it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, 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 they just, creeping? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> I I ain't say which one of their favorite colors is blue, but I'm just saying we just outside. You know what I'm saying? Like if you see us out in Legoland, just keep your distance. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying one of them is packing, but I'm just saying just keep your distance. You can say hi respectfully from over there, safely, respectfully. Oh God! Shout to King Quest for Millie. Damn, we'll talk about her later. But um, <laughs> it's been an interesting. It's been an interesting week. I mean, at this point, you know, monkeypox has now been declared a global pandemic. So uh, definitely wash your clothes. Don't be touching people you don't know. Yeah, it, it would have been nice to know about the whole monkeypox before I went to a place full of people and children, like children that I know don't wash their hands regularly and that are putting mouths on like the railings outside and just doing all kinds of nasty things. Like it, at this point, I feel pretty good, but we'll, we'll see how the next few days go. Fair. But monkeypox seems like it's affecting only one group of people. So respectfully, it just doesn't seem like it's spreading to everybody. It just seems like a certain few 
uh, people are getting that. So I feel pretty good about that, respectfully. Yeah, they said right now uh, is the the test case have been between. I see the young heterosexual white woman. Homosexual men, but they're also, and that's kind of what we're <laughs> Wait, what is happening right now? It's kind of like stigmatizing that community, which we don't want to, because um, people are already homophobic with regards to that community. So they, they definitely need to be a little bit more thorough in explaining it. Because, you know, Americans aren't smart. We don't read. We don't contextualize things. We don't know what nuance is. So we just see it it's like, oh, it's a gay disease. Like, no, that's not what it is. But anywho, side note, apparently, again, I am the movie guy now. I've started to watch some movies after being slandered for never seeing Forrest Gump. So I got up this morning early and I watched Forrest Gump. Solid flick. Forrest Gump? You got slandered for not seeing Forrest Gump? I feel like that's one you could get by without seeing and no one really say nothing about. Except for a certain group of people, respectfully. Yeah, I was told that it was like one of those one movies to see, and I had to check some lists. It's like it varies. It's it could be in the thirties, it could be in the top ten. I know Miss Gump's thing had to be yanking. Boy, she got that boy in the school. <laughs> like she busted it open. For, she busted it open for for force to get in like public school, not even a private school. He had to ride the bus after she busted it open. That's foul. It's so foul. Shit. I don't know, man. That like should have me. Die. Like I get the the whole like oh well there's you know you know certain ten movies that all feel people need to see it's like Forrest Gump, Saving Private Ryan and like The Godfather too, but I just feel like those lists are kind of geared towards a certain person because I feel like if you haven't seen Boys in the Hood or Friday then you're not really into movies like I feel like those are top tier films in my opinion respectfully like I don't I don't know how you can watch a movie like Friday and be like oh yeah that's just a you know, nothing movie that doesn't deserve uh, the type of respect that a movie like uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan and Forrest Gump get. Like, it's those movies are, I'm not saying those movies aren't great, but I'm not going to sit here and discredit the work that uh, Ice Cube and them made. I didn't see like Boys that. in the Hood, and I don't really got no, no, like, interest in it either, to be honest. Really? I've seen parts of Boys in the Hood. Like, you know, I know the story or whatever. It's it's an older movie. But, like, as far as me being like, let me sit down and watch some Boys in the Hood. No. I haven't seen Boys in the Hood. I will say, it, it's one of the movies, like, if you see it one time, it ain't no real reason to go back and revisit it. Like, it's kind of a, all right, I done got that trauma dump. <laughs> I'm good yeah. for the next couple weeks. You know what I'm saying? But not even that movie. But, like, there's other certain movies by black directors and black writers. Like, if you haven't seen... Uh, what's that movie? Uh, Do the Right Thing. Oh, that's kind of another trauma dump movie. But uh, I was going to say maybe like Malcolm X, something like that. Like There's a lot of black movies that I feel like don't get a lot of recognition. Because it's it's funny that he mentioned Forrest Gump being on like one of those lists because I did recently watch a YouTube video that put like the top 20 movies that you need to see, everybody needs to see one time. And the one thing that I noticed is there were no black directors or black black writers on any of the movies listed. There was a lot of white movies and a couple of foreign films. But I'm like, shouldn't Moon Moonlight be listed there? Like I feel like Moonlight or even Black Panther should be listed on those, you know, top 20 movies of all time that should be, you know, mentioned in the realm of these other classic films. 
uh, they barely wanted to give Moonlight the Emmy. They tried to give it to Lala. <laughs> man. The white man had to get on stage and be like, come on, bro. That's not what this says. <laughs> hey, dog, hey, hey, Ryan Gosling saved jazz music, dog. Like, he's the savior of jazz music. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Ryan Gosling his flowers for saving jazz, the, the ultimate white man's uh, uh, genre of music. Like, without, without the white man, jazz doesn't exist. So give him his flowers, dog. Speaking of Ryan Gosling, he's uh in that new Russo Brothers Netflix debacle. I won't say debacle. It's an okay movie. The Gray Man. Uh, okay, wait. Don't do that because I'm looking forward to seeing that. Don't do this. I, I'm just going to say I got to the end of the movie and was like, what? what's the plot? <laughs> it's just oh my God. Ryan Gosling being chased by Chris Evans and then they headbutt each other and then Chris Evans like, I almost got you. And they do that for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Okay, that's that's very disappointing to hear. To hear, I'm not gonna lie, because I was uh, I saw the trailer for that movie, and I was extremely excited because I I do like what the Russo brothers have done, obviously, but the work they did in Marvel, and I I, I like uh, I like Ryan Gosling as an actor. I feel like he's kind of I'm not saying he's underrated, but uh, he's a good actor. I like him. He just doesn't do a lot of movies, so it was good to to see him pop up in something. His, oh. the, I mean, the action port portions, like the film, the movie looks good. The action portions are really good. They're really well choreographed and really well shot. Well, that's I, okay. Yeah, the it's just the plot is like I don't know what none of this is. <laughs> I'm kind of you know, there, there's certain movies where I kind of go into it not really caring about the plot. Like uh, I don't know if you watched it, you probably didn't because why would you? Uh, the Mortal Kombat movie that came out during the pandemic. I did watch it. And you that, did watch that? Yeah. I, <laughs> I watched it. I had gotten home from a party that morning and was like, I'm going to watch Mortal Kombat and eat weird stuff. Yeah, so that movie, I watched that for the action. Like, when there was action going on, I was paying attention. When they were, when they were talking, I was like, all right, let me just go ahead and do something else. But the, the fight scenes, phenomenal. So that's where I'm at with that uh, when it comes to certain action movies. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here for the... Uh, story arc of Sub Zero and Liu Kang. Like I don't care. Like it doesn't matter. It's Mortal Kombat. That's what it's about. Uh, so we're we're gonna we're waiting on Breeze because his internet is trash. Wherever he's at, he said uh, the bunker got bad internet. He's trying to get it back up. Yikes! <laughs> Let let's go. I don't know if you heard this, but today um, all the bodegas have their flags at half mast today or this past weekend. <laughs> all the bodega cats is sad. Jesus, this is a sad day. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. When I saw this, I was like, "There's no way this is true. This can't be true. Like, why would this happen?" So apparently, uh, Jesus and Mero from the Bodega Boys podcast, from Jesus and Mero from Showtime, from Vice, Viceland, and from YouTube have broken up. And this is this is a travesty. Like, there has never been a group at this high level. That have this type of chemistry just break up in their in their prime. Like I feel like they're they're on their way up. They're not declining. They're not getting worse. Like for them to break up is is a travesty. Also, for them to break up over some other nigga reportedly allegedly oh God. is just is out. If they would have broken up over like I don't know something real, like something serious, like you know, some real disrespect that I'd be like, hey, it sucks that they're no longer a duo and they, they won't create together anymore. But like, 
I could understand how boundaries was crossed and disrespect was had, and you need to cut that situation loose. But with what what is reported, and who knows whether it's true or not, who knows whether either one of them will confirm or deny, but from the details that have been given to us, for them to break up over another nigga being asked to not return to set, I just think that's crazy, because like, at what point are you like, this nigga over here is not finna stop the money? Yeah, that's the say. So apparently, I guess their manager um, was being inappropriate at the tapings for Showtime. Yeah. And the surprising part about that is that they both have the same manager. Like, I would have thought at this point they'd have separate managers. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Like, I don't really want to spend too much time talking about why they broke up and uh, the the pettiness or whatever that was, that's been going on behind the scenes. I feel like at some point they'll both kind of speak on it. I'd rather focus on kind of what they've done and their uh, legacy, especially as like podcasters. I know uh, when we first started doing this, like almost you know six or seven years ago, um, I know Breeze kind of mentioned them as like one of the podcasts that kind of was uh, not, a, not an inspiration, but it was a podcast that you could look to and be like, okay, we see kind of what they're doing, you know, and, and kind of take from them. And for me, when I look at all time, influential uh podcasters and you put you you're trying to build out a mount rushmore i feel like you put you put Jesus and Mero on there it's like combat jack Jesus and Mero. i think for a lot of people uh they're gonna put like uh they'll probably put joe budden on that and then you could put uh what's your name um uh kid fury and for the read that podcast like i feel like those are some of those podcasts that kind of uh, had the most impact, especially for especially for Black people and for the culture. And then when you talk about like where they came from, like we're ne- we're never going to see a rise or a run like this, where just two random people that happen to be from the same neighborhood linked up on Twitter, got to uh, what was it MTV, started a podcast, got to Vice, and then ended up on Showtime. Like that, li- they're. they're there's not that many people that can say, okay, we started from literally started from the bottom and made it to the top. It's like Jesus and Mero, you could put Issa Rae in that category because she started on YouTube and got the HBO. Uh, 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 Quinta Brunson, is that that's her name? Yeah. She started. Did she start on YouTube or she start from? Started making viral videos and then was at BuzzFeed. Yeah. So she just started out making just videos and made it all the way to having like the best show on ABC, like network television must see like, this is this, like Abbott elementary is now their uh, flagship show. And like Jesus and Mero, uh Brunson, Issa Rae, like we don't, we're, we're probably not going to see people do that again. Like you might see people go from Twitter to having like a YouTube show or, you know, a, a larger platform, but going from Twitter to like a major network, it's, I don't I don't know how if we'll ever see something like that because that's that's even thinking about it like if you told somebody like hey like ten years ago you come up to somebody like hey your tweets could get you on the HBO or your tweets could get you to Showtime or ABC like they're like no way not Twitter Twitter's too nasty of a place for someone from Showtime to be like you know what I want I want to put money behind these guys or someone from HBO to say you know what I want to support this woman and give her a show. We're not going to see that anymore, I don't think. And that's kind of, I think that's the legacy that Jesus and Mero have as far as content creators from our uh, circle. 
real quick, I'll jump in. My sorry for you guys listening. It's been a little laggy. My internet where I'm at is terrible. It's fucking trash. But yeah, uh, with Jesus and Mero, uh, I actually heard I first heard Jesus and Mero on the Combat Jack show. So R.I.P. He's definitely on the Mount Rushmore. But yeah, the, their meteoric rise, or I mean, seemingly meteoric rise, it did take time. Is is one for the ages. Um, I definitely, uh, I think I said in the podcast at some point or on Twitter, like it got to the point, and this could come off as hate, but it's just like one of those things where like, as a podcaster, like I stopped listening to the podcast because it was too good. Like it was, it, it was that good. I was like, wow, this is depressing how, like how good they are as a, as a group and how, how good they flow and how great everything flowed in the podcast. And it was like, damn, like they're, they're incredible together. And for the people that caught their vice run, like the degree of difficulty in which one was one of the reasons they left vice was how they were being worked. They put on, they put out a show five days a week for an extended period of time with new content every single day. And it was hilarious every single time. I will like, say, I will say real quick, them, Jesus and Meryl on Viceland, that was their peak. Like yeah. that was them at their best. Cause it seemed like they're almost like, like you said, they didn't really have a lot of work or a lot of help when they were at Viceland. It was just them too. With Showtime, you can kind of see like, okay, now they got writers that aren't really, they don't really, I don't know. It was like the jokes didn't hit the same as they did on Viceland for me. Yeah, I've definitely gravitated towards Jesus more as he was big in the sneaker community as well. And again, again, just kudos to them. Definitely hope uh, creatively they're both successful. I think I read that... Uh, Deez is supposed to co-host like Jimmy Fallon, so that's a good look for him. I'm glad they got the bag at least. So hopefully uh, their careers continue to flourish. But again, it's kind of weird. It will be kind of weird not seeing them together. But honestly, it, it was one of those things where like I, I wonder how long they could kind of do the tandem thing, being that Deezus is a, a married man with multiple kids. I'm sorry, a Meryl is a married man with multiple kids. Um. And like, kind of, Jesus was like out there, single, no kids, kind of doing, living his life. So, it's definitely a, a bit of an odd couple when it comes to like, hey, what your life experiences could be, as far as like, hey, if you if you got a family, you can't really be out in the streets like that, you know, enjoying your your life in that type of way. So, I think there would have been kind of a, you know, kind of a wall that would have been put up at some point where it's like, all right, we're we're kind of in in our lives in general going in two different directions. So. Well, I wish it could have been more amicable versus that, that, what I had read. That's my thing. I wish it would have kind of ended like, you know, had a end of the season or, hey, uh, you know, Jesus is going to go off and do this thing. Miro is going to go off and do this thing. Our schedules aren't really meshing anymore. It would have been nice for them to just kind of end it on good terms and still, you know, have been able to kick it. Like, you know, you said Jesus is going to be hosting uh, Jimmy Fallon. It'd have been nice if like Jesus is hosting and then the kid Merrill's a guest, but that's not going to happen now because they're apparently it's more than just business; it's personal now, and that's that's the more more disheartening part for me. Hey, how about you niggas? I'm speaking directly to Jesus and Merrill here. Uh, you niggas like DM me. I'll I'll set it up. I'll put this in one big DM group, and you niggas can just slap box it out, and then like at least have one last show to end it. I don't know if Jesus wants those problems. Merrill's got a huge hands. He smashed an apple with his, with his bare hands in one episode. And I was like, good God. It's ridiculous. But is but is Meryl fast, though? Because I feel like Jesus is fast. Uh, Jesus is usually uh, inebriated, so that might affect his speed. 
That, give, is, that is true. Give my nigga like three weeks to prepare. Big facts. Um, oh, also, side note, I watched uh, American Psycho for the first time in my newfound uh, filmophile lifestyle. Y'all seen that? I yes. don't for white people in movies, bro. <laughs> yes, I've seen that movie. So before we get to the real movies we want, want to talk to, because, again, the MCU was bringing the heat once more as DC is uh, dragging their ass. But uh, it was another movie on that, that was on that list. And I was like, yeah, I'd seen the memes. I'd heard about it. It was a pretty good movie. Um, it was a lot funnier than I thought it would be. I think it was made to be that way. Oh, that movie's like, hilarious. The dialogue is hilarious. He's like, she's like, where are you going? I've got some tapes to return. <laughs> like <laughs> he said that twice. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, that dude was spazzing out. But I guess the one observation I got about Christian Bale is that A, for an older white man, he's definitely aged well. I think he's like 48 or 49. He's been in the industry for a while, so kudos to him, as he was just in Love and Thunder. Uh, kind of wasted, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and then two, watching that movie, I, I tweeted out that I absolutely think that Christian Bell could have played the Joker in The Dark Knight. He could have played either parts, honestly. Like, he's that good of an actor. Like, if they would have came to him in the beginning, but like, hey, we want you to play the Joker, he would have bodied that. Yeah. The same way he bodied playing uh, Batman. Like, Christian Bale... He, he's one of them ones. Like, I know we don't talk a lot about uh, the Caucasian movies respectfully, but when it comes to acting, like, he's one of them dudes. Like, if you watch his films in the way, even some of the bad movies he's in, he, he always brings it. Like, there's never been a moment where you watch Christian Bale and be like, oh, yeah, he nailed it. Like, he wasn't really trying to do this one. Yeah, so if you haven't seen American Psycho, definitely check it out. It's, it's an interesting movie. It's based on the book, too. Somebody go back and read the book. I mean, I get that it's hot outside. Like, I get it. It's 830 right now where I'm at, and someone is deciding to cut their grass. And it is very, uh, this is a very inopportune time for them to do that right outside my home. Uh, call the HOA. Tell them they're making, uh, disturbing the noise ordinances. Exactly. You know what's crazy? You say HOA. This has nothing to do with nothing, so I'll make it brief. Brief. I I don't know that there are houses. I, I might need to ask my mama if there's a, a homeowners association out here because I don't never see them people out here asking about grass. They don't be saying nothing. This is a black neighborhood too, so I'm like, are black nah, people organized or is they are they low key? Nah, they believe in notes in the mailbox. They believe in notes. Like, nah, for like, I left, I left my um. So okay, I guess we're gonna do this. So I used to have bushes on the side of my house, and also on the side of my house is where I put our our uh, trash bin. So I, I, I'd, let, I'd have my trash bin out there for years. And then we decided, all right, let, we're going to cut these bu- or trim the bushes, cut the bushes, whatever. And now, because those bushes are gone, you can now see the trash cans from the street. And the HOA decided they did like a drive through or something. And they're like, hey, well, because we can now see your trash bins, you need to put those somewhere else. Like you can't put them in your on the side of the house so they can be seen from the street. So me being petty out of protest... I decided to put all my trash bins on the curb. I just left them there for like a month. Cause like, no, fuck you. I can't leave my trash cans on the side of the house because you can see it from the street. All right, so you're gonna see them on the street now. And I left them there for a month so just had a protest. That's crazy. I can't imagine owning a home like finally, like, yeah, no more rent. I can turn the music up loud. And some white lady and her cat be like, I don't like where your trash can is at. Here's a note and a fine. <laughs> well, so to be fair, I I've had a couple HOAs. I did have one that they were kind of like trash Nazis as well. 
but they were pretty good with everything else as far as like cutting the lawn and stuff like that. So I couldn't trip. The one I have now is by far, and Google will tell you as well. It is like the worst HOA of all time. We have we have neighbors that. I guess the garage is like an extension of the living room to them. There's like a TV in there. There's like a little weight set. And they'd be out there like 15 deep, like every night, just acting a fool. Like it's gotten better, but there was points where you'd hear like the Isley Brothers at like 1 a.m. on like a Tuesday night, which again, I'm not slandering the Isley Brothers. Great, great group, great music. But like not when I got to go to work at 1 a.m. in the morning, as loud as humanly possible, right? Another egregious thing they did was they decided, let's say, between the hours of, let's say, 12, maybe 1, 2 a.m., decided they wanted to repair the motor on their boat, which required them to rev this boat up as loud as possible in the middle of the night. And I'm just like, what makes you think this is a good idea? Like, what is wrong with you? What is your problem? (laughs) Like, this is unacceptable. Also, they got the homie that has the big Harley Davidson with the loud pipes. And the loudest system I've ever heard in a motorcycle in my life that likes to pull up at all times of night, blasting God knows what at all hours of night. That was also problematic. And then there's the homies with the charger that like to come through and blast their music and rev that car up at all times of the night for no reason. I'm just like, what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? This is like, this is ridiculous. Like the HOA does not give a fuck unless you don't paint your shutters. Then you'll get a notice in the mail saying like, hey, and an email saying like, hey, your shutters are faded. They need to be painted or we're going to find you. I'm like, what about the, the two busted cars from the house with flat tires? Like, when y'all going to take care of that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's disgusting. And then, and then not to mention the Avengers level brawl that happened one night between like 30 people. <laughs> it was out of control. I got something with our video, but they was getting it. I was like, yo, it was insane. I'm like, wow, like somebody's gonna die. I I'm, I was waiting for gunshots to ring out, but I guess they got together when the cops showed up. People scattered like roaches. It was crazy. But yeah, fuck the HOA. They're they're pointless and useless and they don't spend our money on nothing. Yeah, it might be a, a drug front. Um anywho, enough of us complaining about nonsensical HOAs and what they may or may not do for our communities. Let's talk about Marvel. Um, if you listen last week, we clearly slandered the hell out of Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, right, you, 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 you did. Me, me, and everybody I've spoken to in Rochester, <laughs> it's a terrible fucking movie. It is not good. Like, I don't know who these people are that besides you that enjoy it. Like, it's not good. Like, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed it as soon as the lights came up. I was like, you know what? I had a great time. I can't lie, I did. Again, twenty minutes in the movie, I want them to kill Thor. That's how much I dislike that movie. But yeah, they had San Diego Comic Con, and per usual, Marvel is laying out a very tightly laid out plan for a slate of movies that I didn't know I needed. So, what are you guys' thoughts on the latest? What do they got? Phase what five, six, and seven laid out, or was it five and six? I think it's just five and six. Yeah, they they have the end. They have the end of four, and then they're going. You're going to go into five and six. So I figured it would be it would make more sense to go in order. Start with phase four. With Black Panther 2. The trailer that came out. Yeah. You sound like oh, man. 
man, that's that was that's tough. That's gonna be a tough one, man. Like I like there the other day I went to watch like Civil War because it's like my favorite MCU movie. And I just like, man, I can't do it. Cannot do it. Yeah, I want to watch like Endgame. I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I can't even watch like non-Marvel stuff. Like if I see 42 across the screen, I, I gotta cut that off. I can't watch that. I can't watch Marshall no more. I'm watching Black Panther right now. Well, that's because you are a soulless human. Oh my god! <laughs> I try to I try to watch a I try to watch one movie while we're recording it to kind of keep myself. You know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but it, it, I feel like it helps me. But uh, I guess we could talk about the trailer. I've watched that trailer. I watched the trailer five times yesterday. Every wow. time, every time I've watched it, I've gotten goosebumps, which is insane to me. Like I I watched it one like I watched it the very Hold first up. time. Hold up. Yes. Is this coming from the nigga that said, "Drop the drop the trailer, you cowards! I can't wait to slander it." Mm. I don't know. If, I don't know if I said that. I don't mm. know if that's okay. what I said. I will say that I was prepared. I was prepared to slander it. But here's the thing: I'm gonna go back to what I said originally, like uh, uh, a few months after uh, Chadwick's passing. I did say that I do trust Marvel. I do trust Ryan Coogler to write and direct a great movie without recasting uh T'Challa. Like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come in here and do my whole they should have recast. Like I'm not gonna do that because it kind of takes away from what they've already done. Like the movie's done. It, it is what it is. Like Rev Rev kind of put that in my ear earlier today to be like, hey, what's the point? And and, and she's right. There is no point in doing the recast T'Challa because they're not gonna do it. So we have to take what we have. Why are you so sure they're not going to recast them? Like I don't not not for this movie. I don't okay, think yeah, yeah, yeah. for this movie. That, and that was my that was my big sticking point. So I'm not gonna do that. Uh but back back then when we first talked about this, I said, you know what? No, if if they don't recast them, as long as Ryan Coogler is in charge of directing it and writing it, and uh they have you know the Marvel budget behind it. I have no doubt that they'll be able to make a fantastic movie. And for them to start, and I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it, for them to come out with the trailer opening with a Bob Marley song sung by Thames that transitions into a Kendrick song? Like, what? Like, that's that's next. That's not even Marvel-level stuff. That's, like, cinematic masterpiece-level art that we're talking about that's not that's not regular you don't get a bob marley cover one like bob marley is obviously bob marley like we know what bob marley is and what he's done but then you get tim's to cover one of his most iconic songs knowing the kind of year that tim's has had you get her to sing that and then that transitions into not a drake house music song not a j cole folding clothes song but a, one of Kendrick's most iconic songs. Like, how did they even think to do that? Like, who, like, who is in charge of doing that? How did that person come up with that? Because you could give me a million years, a million tries to say, like, hey, listen to "Woman No Cry" by Bob Marley. What song are they going to transition this into? And for it to be "All Right" by Kendrick, like, what? It would have taken me years to get to that. And I want like I want to go find the person that decided to mesh that up and shake that person's hand because that person's a genius. Like, good lord! And that's just how they started out. That's how they're starting. 
Yeah, it seems like they took a lot of care, which, like, I'm not saying that I never expected them to. If I expected any team of people to take care of the rollout for this film, it would be Ryan Coogler and co. Um, but it seems like they took a lot of care uh, to deliver something that, despite all of the, like, media rumblings from, you know, Letitia having issues with COVID testing and, like, is she going to come back to set to film? Um, from in, her injury or supposed injury, uh, of course, missing Chadwick and like, what's the story going to be like without, you know, the Black Panther that we've come to see and, and love since 2016. Um, they seem like they took really good care of crafting a, a first look that is uh, awe-inspiring and honestly a departure from what we're used to for Marvel. Marvel obviously always delivers really beautiful CG. Well, Really beautiful is probably a stretch. No, let's, let's, let's slow down on that. Let's slow down. No, just pretty good CGI. <laughs> it's like pretty above average. It's, above average. It's usually up until the third act, you're going to have good CGI. Um, and so this, though, it felt like budgets were increased. Uh, time was taken. Care was had. Uh, that trailer looks amazing. I'm happy to see Namor and I'm happy to have another like ethnic minority uh, in the Marvel ranks, uh, especially one that is going to make us, I think at least is going to make a pretty big splash in this film. No pun intended. Didn't mean that. Oh my God. I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, rapping or whatever. <laughs> you know, I'd be rapping. <laughs> <laughs> but I am happy to see it. Um, I don't, I, this is one of the movies where I'm not going to like, I don't care about any of the, here's what we think Black Panther 2 is going to be. I don't, I just want to go see the movie in IMAX on November 11th um, and, and watch it. I already know that it's going to be a really heavy affair. One thing I noticed from the trailer is that every single actor looked like the weight of like being on that set was on them. Everybody looks so sad. Every day. Um, and every so. Day. I I think I'm prepared for that weight to be like transferred to me and like, you know, be sniffling in a room full of, you know, 15 to 85 year olds. Not ready. I, I feel like it's not going to be, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same celebration that Black Panther was. Like, I don't know if you remember when Black Panther, the first one came out, like everybody was going to the theaters, like decked my out. My dad brought shots. Like he had, he didn't buy shots in the theater. He had shots. It, he, purchase shots prior to the theater and no one said anything he got drunk before and then was rapping too short and like the the film had only been on for five minutes like that was the kind of celebration it was but i respectfully we need your daddy on this podcast one time like i need i need to hear i need to talk to this dude that's (laughs) a nigga he is a nigga he seems like a real one but like but you but you know what i'm saying like they have there's that gift for them kids dancing on the on the lunch tables like that was part of it people you know celebrating and dressing up in african garb and doing all these things and it was like this big party because it's like this is our first uh black superhero in the mcu that's getting his own movie and this doesn't feel like that like i feel like it's it's going to do the numbers it's going to you know break the bank obviously because of who's in it and who's behind it and you know black people support black uh black stuff um especially when it comes to marvel but it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like we're going into this being like, yeah, this is gonna be a great time. Like it's. It almost feels like. It's almost. I don't want to say it's like going to a funeral, but that's kind of the vibe I'm getting right now. Where it's like, 
all right, we got we we have to do this. Like I'm I'm someone who does not like going to funerals. Like I hate going to funerals. If I could, if I never had to go to a funeral again, I would not go because I I am terrible at them. I'm an ugly crier. My voice sounds stupid. I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel. But I feel like that that's what this movie's gonna be. But I can, when it comes to the trailer, like that trailer doesn't look like anything that Marvel has put out, at least for this phase. Like, I'm not going to go all the way back to, like, phase one and two. But if you look at the movies that have come out for phase four and think about the trailers for these movies, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, The Eternals, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Thor 3. Like, does does, does Wakanda forever feel the same as those? Because to me, it doesn't even look the same. Well, I think that the closest it would come to is the Eternals, but not because it is like that. It's because I feel like that's what the Eternals tried to convey with all of their marketing materials leading up to it. And it just didn't come across that way. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, one thing we talked about on Twitter is that I'm, I'm hoping that Kendrick is allowed to do the soundtrack again, as it was incredible for the first one. I, I don't know where he's at in his headspace. I know he's on tour right now, but I, that, that, Having the the blend and the we gonna be all right, all right, kind of told me that hopefully he has some involvement in, in the soundtrack again. And I guess the other question I would pose is that absent of the untimely passing of Chadwick Boseman, do, do you think we get the same movie? Like, I think maybe the story generally would be the same, but as far as like the the emotion and kind of the direction, like I don't know if we get that if he doesn't pass not saying that this was needed, but I just feel like we're getting the tone of the movie is definitely, as we can see from the, the previews a little bit different. And again, I, I think it's good that Ryan Coogler was able to kind of generate that, that pain into the movie and bring it another level of greatness that will be remembered throughout the, the MCU. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't know if we get, Obviously, the story doesn't change. I think Namor was obviously was a done deal from the moment he was briefly uh, alluded to in Endgame by Okoye. But I do agree that I don't know that without the passing of Chadwick Boseman, if we get such a tonally heavy film, because um, obviously there is no, no no need for a memorial. There's no need for a funeral. There's no need for, I feel like, the actors themselves to have these individual grieving moments on uh, film. Um, I do think that the story may have been a bit more, I don't want to say a bit more serious because the first movie's story wasn't unserious, but I, I think that, I don't know that it would be as heavy as it came across in the, in that trailer. That trailer was like, there were no smiles to be had in that trailer. That trailer was heavy from start to finish. And I don't know to your point that it would have been that way if we were seeing Chadwick again and suit up. I'm I'm very curious if, to see where they can find the uh, the lighthearted moments, like where where they're gonna fit the comedy in this movie. Because obviously it's a Disney MC movie, and they always have some sort of uh, comedy, some sort of uh, jokes in there. Um, one one of the the main reasons, and I and I've been thinking about this, why I kind of why I'm gonna kind of kind of push back away from the whole recasting of T'Challa. Is there's a lot of people who are on that on that train it's like there's this there's this loud minority of people that do not like the direction that marvel is going in 
and now they're starting to dub it the MCU, like M S H E U, as in like female, because there's a lot of it seems to be a lot of like transitioning going as far as like you know Hawkeye. You have um, the 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 girl that was in that show and uh, uh, Black Widow's sister, um, the Mighty Thor, uh, Shang Chi's sister. Um, there was a couple other. There's a couple like She Hulk and a lot uh, uh, the Wasp. Uh, Shuri, there's a lot of people who don't like this idea of so many female superheroes, and I'm I'm for one, and I'm not against that. Like I'm totally for uh, Shuri becoming the next Black Panther if that's the direction they go in. Because I feel like she, if they if they were to tell the story that they're supposed to tell, it would make sense for her to carry on that mantle. Um, I guess my my I guess my concern was like, okay, you, you still got to earn that. You know what I'm saying? Like it can't just be oh, we go from one movie to the next and now she's just Black Panther with no explanation. Obviously, they're not going to do that, but I'm, 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 I like this new direction that they're going in where there, there are more uh, female heroes Heroes, because even if you look at this trailer, outside of uh, Namor and like a brief glimpse of the CIA agent, it's Shuri, it's all the Dora Milaje, it's the new Dora Milaje, I can't remember the woman's name, but she's from an HBO show. Another person that came from, I think she was from YouTube. She's, uh, I believe, uh, I don't know where she's from, but it's it's her. It's uh, the girl they have uh, that plays Ironheart, uh, Angela Bassett's character. Like, there's all these black women portrayed in this uh, with a strong presence. Like, you can kind of look at Angela Bassett, and you're like, okay, okay, she's going for it. Like, there's no half-stepping on what she's doing. Like, she's going for an Oscar in this one. Like, I would not be surprised if she were to get a, a, a nomination for this. So I'm very excited to see where uh, where they're going with uh, Phase 4. And I think uh, Wakanda Forever is a great uh, stopping point for uh, Phase 4, considering everything that they've had. Like, this is clear, like, this is clearly going to be the best movie that they've done for this phase. Like, it's, and it's not even a question. There's no movie based on this trailer alone that is going to be on the level of black panther 2 like i you can't you can't tell me that that any of these movies are going to be on par with this i'm also honestly I'm, i gotta be completely honest i'm kind of glad that black panther 2 is happening and closes out phase four because i don't know that marvel has so far in the midst of this multiverse sag saga handled the multiverse in a really compelling interesting way and I just want to take a break. <laughs> like I want to pump the brakes on it and watch a movie that isn't so topsy turvy and hard to connect the dots on. Uh, so not only will Black Panther be a great movie just because it's Ryan Coogler and a cast that we really enjoyed in the first film, uh, but it, for me at least, it's going to be a departure just for even just for two and a half, three hours of the the absolute madness that has been Marvel and Kevin Feige and the writers trying to make the multiverse make sense. And I, one thing I do uh, like about the Black Panther movies is I feel like they're more uh, practical and maybe that's why it looks the way that it does because they're not doing like, you know, Doctor Strange and Multiverse Madness where there's all this other uh, surroundings that you need, like the CGI, you need the green screens, you need all this extra stuff like but Black Panther 2, it seems like they're using more practical sets and like actually going to places as opposed to like what they 
kind of what they did in Shang Chi, but there was a lot of CGI with that movie also. But like Eternals and Spider Man, those movies were pretty CGI heavy with villains that were that needed a lot of green screen work and that needed a lot of post production work. And I feel like for this movie, you know, Namor is pretty is a pretty practical character outside of the you know things on his feet. So there's not a, there's not a lot of uh, CGI that's going to be necessary for for this movie. It looks like they probably spent a lot of their their budget on like location and uh, hopefully the soundtrack. Like I feel like the soundtrack is is going to be fire regardless. Yeah, you bring up Shang Chi, which I don't, I don't know if we're ready to move off this conversation. So let me know if we are or aren't. But I I noticed that that character in particular seems to be noticeably missing from the remaining phases. That then that's that's that is noticeable. I will say that because uh, I, I feel like he 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 should be a bigger part of this uh, ongoing narrative. So he from his movie. What? Let me go back. Uh, Shang Chi came out after that. We got Spider Man, Multiverse of Madness, Thor, and now we're on to Black Panther two. So unless he's in a post credit scene for this movie, like that. I feel like we haven't ever had a phase where a character was introduced and was only seen in their one movie. Like, I don't think we've ever seen that because it. I, I'd ha- I might look it up while, while y'all are talking, but I don't think this is something that has ever happened. Well, I think what Marvel is doing is kind of creating characters at a breakneck speed, just kind of uh, going to collect them or aggregate them together for these upcoming future movies, uh, just to kind of get ahead of us a little bit. They did announce the titles for some movies in phase six, which I I saw that they were trademarked, but I thought it was just kind of hearsay. But for phase six, they have two Avengers movies in the year 2025, Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, and Avengers Secret War Wars. So I, I don't necessarily think it's, it's necessarily important that Shang-Chi gets another movie. I'm sure he'll be in another film, right? It's not, about, it's not about being in another movie. It's just getting mentioned. He hasn't even been mentioned in any movie in this phase. Like even if you go back to Phase Three, with uh, where Black Panther was first introduced, like he was first introduced in Civil War, but then he got a movie. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just all right. We got him in Civil War, and then we never see him again. Or he just gets introduced in Black Panther. We never see him again for that phase. Like that's this is this is kind of odd. Well, again, I, I think he he will reappear, but. The, the next two Avengers movies, uh, especially Secret Wars, I think it's going to be, it's going to be us. It's going to be like they said, very ambitious. Let's go to Phase Five. Let's go to Phase Five. So I, I have it right in front of me. So uh, I'll just read them off. We got Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumanium, uh, Secret Invasion, Disney Plus show, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Three, Echo TV show. Loki season two, the Marvels, Blade, Ironheart TV show, Agatha TV show, Daredevil. Okay, I'm gonna watch it. Damn it. Captain America, New World Order, and then it ends with Thunderbolts for Phase Five. I can already taste the racism in Captain America, New World I Order. Mean, I, I, I was need about to say that's very thin blue line probably. I need that. Not my Captain America. Not my Captain. Get that. Get, take that shield away from that nigga. Somebody's gonna get real close to that heart yard in there. 
I swear, I swear to God, I swear, I promise you. Please, if, they dro- if they drop a hard, in, if they drop the hard R in a Disney movie, I will stand up and applaud. You know, somebody's just gonna up. be like Nick, and then it's gonna be like a bus going viral. Somebody, nah, it. nah, I need, the, I need all of it. I need yeah. to feel it because you yeah. know what's coming. You know what's coming. I need put. Don't be cowards. Do it. Hey, I've been tweeting Disney for a couple years now. Put songs of the South on <laughs> Disney Plus. Give us the unedited versions of Dumbo, Lady in the Tramp. Embrace the racism. Embrace wait, it. Wait, 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 Lady in the Tramp? Wait, Lady in the Tramp? What they do? It has some problematic uh, oh my God. Oh. representation of our, our uh, Asian brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a movie about dogs. Anthony Mackie is not a hard person to call a nigga. Like, I want to be very. <laughs> 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 it wouldn't be difficult. I can see how one oh could come back and <laughs> I'm too hot. <laughs> if they want a shock moment, uh, a, a moment that can ring across the, the MCU, just do it, man. Just, oh, man. I, I wouldn't would be, like, be mad. I, if they said it, I'd be like, nah, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I, don't, I don't agree with the language, but I understand. I understand why you said that about him. But I will okay. So I guess we could briefly go through the movies now. The first movie that's starting out with Ant Man three. I'm very surprised that they're doing uh, having Kane the Conqueror be the main or not Kane the Conqueror, just regular Kane, I believe. Or is it Kane the Conqueror? Conqueror. It's different oh, versions. This is Kane. It's a not version of Kane the Conqueror. The whole thing. Yeah. So I'm very surprised that Ant Man, one of the more uh, minor Avengers, is getting such a a uh, big villain, and I feel like this is just going to be Ant Man taking all the L's. Like, what is he going to do? He's going to get big and small and just get his ass whooped and all different sizes. Possibly. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm waiting for the the official trailer to come out because I'm actually interested. It's it. There, if you look, if you look, if you get to the deep, deep, deep dark web, there is a trailer out there. I I, I saw it, but I didn't watch it's it. A, it's low quality. The ones I saw have been like low quality. But yeah. So yeah, if you go, they, they have one for Ant Man and they have one for Guardians of the Galaxy three. And I I was very tempted to watch both of them. Real quick, I'm so happy we don't have no more Guardians. I can't wait for that to come out so I can ignore it. <laughs> Wowzers! <laughs> volume one was pretty good. Volume one was great. Volume two was terrible. No more. <laughs> Hashtag I am Groot. Damn, I could have did that. He's getting the bag for just literally saying the same thing over and over. Fuck Vin Diesel. <laughs> it's about family. So we're not so we're, we're not well, going to talk about TV shows. We're just going to stick with the movies. I don't like maybe, but with, I'm, with I'm excited Quant- about Loki season two. But uh, of I, course, I art because I I support black girls. But other than that, whatever. <laughs> so with uh, Quantum Mania, they said uh, Culture Crave on Twitter said there's footage that's possibly in the trailer that has been released that uh, has Scott Lang saying, I'm an Avenger to Kang, who chillingly responds, I am a cocker. And I tweeted out that I hope the next scene is Kang violently kills Ant-Man and movie ends. <laughs> like, I want to see some L's. Like, we got to get some of these characters out of here. Like, we need more L's. L's, having stakes in these movies, which makes, which makes them great. Like, Infinity War, like, the the the... the the feeling in the movie when people started disappearing like that's they need to bring that feeling back. You want to see people get clapped. Well, well, I don't know if we'll ever get that, man. Like I I, someone yeah. recently someone recently posted that clip online, the the post of after Thanos snap. Even watching it on my phone again, it takes me back to that movie theater 
it was so quiet. Like it was a packed theater. It got so quiet. In the moment Bucky starts disappearing, people are screaming. The moment like, you know, Groot starts going, Spider-Man starts going, the child starts going, people are screaming and yelling. Some people are crying. Like it's, I don't know if we'll ever have that feeling in a movie theater from a Marvel movie again, because it's like, we've been there. And it's like, how do you get people back to that place again? It took, how long did it take us to get, it took us 15 years to get to that moment. And that moment like ripped everybody up. And you're telling me that you're going to give me that moment again in lesser time? With people that we don't really care about as much, like it's gonna be tough. Yeah, I was not saying it can be done, but it's gonna be tough. It's we don't have the same affinity for like again a Shang Chi or like I don't know Yelena. For if Kang was like, you know what, I'm gonna smack this nigga Scott Lang clear across this field right into a boulder, and this is about to be movie over. I'd be like, all right. That's cool. Like, I can't see myself at this juncture. I can't see myself being like, oh, what Kang did was wrong. I don't want to see that. Like, Thanos genuinely, like, I had a a genuine disdain for Thanos. Obviously, I liked Josh Brolin, and the character was a really good villain. But I don't know that I'm going to have the same disdain for Kang and feel, like, any sort of remorse if he wastes a few of these remaining characters. Like, if, if Hawkeye goes, I'm like, yeah, it's about time for him to go. Like, there's a lot of people, if they get clapped, I'm like, yeah, it's about your time, bro. Like, you could have been gone before. And and I say that, and I meant Eminent to be, like, violently, like, I don't know, rip him in half or something like that, in front of his child. But the, the reason I say it is, like, they, they have to transition from this old slate of, like we were talking about last week, these old slate of characters. Like, and what's the best way to do that? Kill them as violently as possible, please. No, I agree. I think Kang should kill the first nigga he come in contact with. Unfortunately, that's going to be Scott Lang. Um, sorry for that, man. Paul Rudd will be just fine. But I really do think that if if Kang is going to be considered the next Marvel big bad and we're going to have to see Kang, and I, I won't, I'm not saying that as if it's begrudgingly we have to watch Kang the Conqueror for the next three, four years. But if we're going to be watching Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror for the next three or four years, I would like him to make his first appearance on screen as Kang the Conqueror, not as He Who Remains. I guess that's the first time we actually saw him. But his first film appearance, I would like it to be violent. Uh, I would like him to harm more than a few people. <laughs> well, he has, to, he has to come in and, and send a message. Like, obviously, uh, with Thanos, Thanos was in, uh, he was in the first Avengers, kind of like, he wasn't really in it, but he was in it. Like, you know, but as his first, like, big, uh, big screen uh, performance, like the first thing we see from him is he has mollywhopped Thor. Like they didn't even show you what he did to Thor. Like he did, Thor's just on the ground. And Thor has at that point shown that he's one of the strongest Avengers. And then he proceeds to whip the Hulk's ass. Like without, oh God. Am I, can y'all hear me? Yes. Yeah. shit. Oh, I think he loves Well, Thanos also, before that, was like, let me go ahead and get Heimdall out of here. So he went, before even that, he killed half of Asgard and was like, all right, got them 50% out the way. Oh, Heimdall, this your, this your nigga, this your man's, he's gone. I'm also going to beat up on your best friend, the what we consider the strongest Avenger. We about to send him crying back to the uh back to Midgard and then I'm gonna choke out your brother and tell him he don't get to come back this time. Like Thanos really 
ran through a couple of niggas in the first 15 minutes on screen. Yeah, that was a, a legendary ass when they put on the Hulk. And there's and, and even with the Hulk, there's some things that kind of kind of confused me with his character. Like I thought he was staying as the smart Hulk because like at the what end credits of Shang-Chi, he's back as a normal person, but his yeah. arm is fucked up. But then like in the new She-Hulk previews, he's back as the intelligent Hulk. I'm just wondering like kind of what the, the timeline is with I some think of this stuff. It's Marcus brought this up in the in the group chat. Uh I think it's to set up when we start watching She-Hulk, how she's able to go in between her identities. I guess I assume seeing Bruce go from just hurt banner, human form banner to smart hulk to you know all his different forms. It's to prime the audience for when his cousin starts to be herself and She-Hulk and kind of moves back and forth between identities, I assume. Because other than that, it doesn't make much sense. Okay. All right. That, that That's fair. Um, so Secret Invasion seems interesting. Um, from what I heard watching the YouTube feed, was this going to be more of a thriller type show? Uh, kind of the premises, I guess, the what the scroll... Uh, as you saw in Captain Marvel, they can pretty much take on the identity of people they come in contact with. So it's kind of got to be one of those shows where you're questioning if the person on screen is actually that person. So I think that that has the the chance to be pretty interesting. Um, I, I do like thriller type shows and trying to figure stuff out. So I think that'll be an interesting wrinkle as we move into the the other bigger films. I also um, think we got a question if anybody that we've seen on screen thus far is a scroll too, like. So knowing that Secret Invasions is coming, like I wouldn't be surprised if we've been watching at least one character who has not been themselves the whole time. So they they uh, they did that with um bah, 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 bah. was it Spider Man or it was the end of uh was it it was it was uh, no way not no way home far from home yeah yeah they're saying like you know Nick Fury hasn't been on Earth for like a year or whatever so and that kind of put that put that bug in the back of our head so um that's definitely. An, an interesting wrinkle. Uh, moving to Echo, um, <clears throat> I don't know too much about this, but again, Marvel has pigeonholed us to where we have to watch these these shows as well to get more context. Um, same with Agatha. I really have no desire to watch this show. Don't like the actress, don't like the character, but I'm, I'm going to have to watch it. Um, as with you... Like Agatha is... I don't know, man. I feel like I hope it does, because other than that, I don't... If it doesn't set up Blade in some kind of way, and I'm only saying that because of the occult, so if it doesn't set up Blade in some kind of way, then I'm not sure why Agatha gets her own show, other than people just thought the song was cute in the first one, and they was like, let's run with that. Well, I mean, after, after Blade, though, so... Yeah, so then what's the point? What are we doing here? And I think they bought into the popularity of the character. I, I will ask, uh, a lot of people, for the reviews that I saw from uh, Doctor Strange... There was a lot of people that the second Doctor Strange. There was a lot of people that saw that movie and were like, "Wait a second! Last time I saw Wanda, she was at Tony Stark's funeral and she was fine. Now she's this witch demon lady that wants to get her kids. Like, where do these kids come from?" My question, and we don't have to go in depth with this, but I just want to know: Is it fair to criticize Marvel movies if you do not watch the Marvel TV shows? Like, is it something? Is it fair to criticize Marvel for putting out TV shows that? may or may not explain things that are going on with the movie. Like, is that fair? 
I don't think it's unfair. I just think that you got to be open to, if you're not going to watch the TV shows, you have to be open to a certain level of confusion, which, I mean, do I fault Marvel for trying to expand their universe as much as possible? No. I do fault them for for hiding their content behind a, like this $7.99, $7, you know, paywall to where not everybody has access to Disney Plus, so you will walk into some films with a level of confusion. But I, I mean, I don't fault them for trying to expand the universe. I just think that a lot of people to your point are going to go from in-game to multiverse of madness and be like, what the heck happened to Wanda? What are they talking about? The hex? I'm, I don't know what that is. Mm. <clears throat> I, I feel like as, as much as people that pirate like Netflix and you know, all the other passwords that have been shared. I clearly have somebody else's Disney Plus. I don't have it. So um, I feel like even with social media, you can kind of get the gist or figure it out. But yeah, I guess that's fair. But yeah, if, if you don't, if you're not watching the shows, that shows me you're not really committed to like the, the fully fleshed out story. So that's kind of a, a you problem. I try to avoid those type of people. Um, you said y'all ain't got that dog in y'all. That's what he said. Hey, man. <laughs> America's a great country. You can you can do whatever you want. Get shot. Get pandemic. You know what I'm saying? You should be able to navigate the waters to get pirated TV shows. So there you go. Did did, did y'all talk about the Marvels yet? Did y'all get to that? No, nah, we got to, we're going sequentially. So uh, kind of Guardians of the Galaxy. We already talked about that. Loki. Loki's interesting. Where it's placed in the middle. Curious how that goes, but. I need to see how Ant Man or starts off to kind of get a vibe because it. I I'm curious to see what happens because we, at that point, we will not have seen Loki for a good while, so I'm curious to see what he has been doing during this all these uh, other movies and when it, when it happens and in the. Time. I imagine Loki will take us. So we'll see Kang the Conqueror, like Kang Kang in Quantum Mania. I imagine Loki may take us back to the like Nathaniel Richards. Like we may meet Nathaniel pre Kang or whatever. Um, I imagine that could be interesting. So I don't, I don't know. You have anything else on Loki? Nah. So okay, people already uh, hated Captain Marvel, and a lot of people dislike the actress that plays Captain Marvel. Um, <clears throat> I have heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but I have heard about how this movie is going to start. Uh, this movie's going to get crushed. I'm sorry. All right, and I'm I'm one of those people, like, I enjoyed Captain Marvel. I, obviously, it's not a perfect movie. There's some things I wish they would have done differently and some things that could have changed. But it's not the worst. It's not. It's a. It's not a top tier Marvel movie. It's in the. It's in a tier below that. It's not garbage. It's just in the tier below the uh, the top tier movies. But uh, so I don't. I don't think this is a, spo- a spoiler because I feel like they'll put this in whatever trailer that comes out for this movie. But the first hour of this movie apparently takes place in space, and it takes place on a planet where the only way that you can communicate is through singing. So apparently the first hour of Captain Marvel 2 is going to be a musical. No, and- I, 
I, I can't believe it. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know how you feel about musicals, but me personally, I hate musicals. I, I do not like musicals. I love all. musicals, but I love musicals when I know that I am going to watch a musical. I need to be in the mindset. <laughs> I'm not. If you start singing out of nowhere, I'm mad. Yeah, I don't want to be sitting down. I'm like, wait, I didn't sign up for a concert. I signed up for an action movie. What's happening here? So I, I feel like they even even with the title of this movie, they specifically did not call it Captain Marvel two because of the the vitriol that comes with the Captain Marvel character. Like there's like I was talking about earlier about that that uh, vocal minority of people of comic book fans that, like hate women. Like that's for them. Like they hated Captain Marvel. They hated her as a character. They hated everything that she did before the movie even came out. And now you're telling me that you're going to start this movie off as a musical? Bro, they're going to crush this movie. And I feel bad for everybody involved in this because I feel like it's going to be good. Well, see, that's another, like, when when you start to dig into, like, Marvel's faults, I feel like Marvel did not do enough to protect Brie Larson and Captain Marvel from the vitriol that came from that. Like, they okay. really okay. left her out to pasture. Okay. So, I know for Captain Marvel and for the Eternals, there was a lot of people that went to like Rotten Tomatoes and just like downvoted it. Um, as far as protecting Brie Larson during like the promotion of the movie and like the previews and the, and the rollout leading up to it, I don't, I don't know what you can do. Like, I know that they have this, I know Disney had the same problem with Star Wars when they introduced a, a, a black character, a female character, an Asian character, even in Obi-Wan TV show, they introduced a black woman character and all this sexism and racism, just like that they attack these actors. And it's like, what is Disney supposed to do about this? Like, how do they protect their employees and actors and actresses and performers? Like, what are they supposed to do? So when I say protect, I mean, because obviously they can't tell, you know, racist Billy who's in his mom's basement to... Or really, it ain't even, we can do away with that stereotype. It really be Connor at his Fortune 500 job, you know, making decisions at the at the national level on a bank, who's taking time out of his board meetings to tweet racist stuff at a black character on Star Wars. So when I say protect for Brie Larson and the Captain Marvel character specifically, I, I, I would have liked them to protect her by giving her better content. Like, they didn't make it easier for people to be like, oh, okay, Captain Marvel is kind of lit. Like, they put out Captain Marvel, which was, you know, it was okay. Then we see her again in Endgame. She had the weird haircut. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they let the character fall really flat. And if the movie starts with singing, then that's another way I feel like they didn't protect the character by, like, making it good. Yeah, you have to you have to have your movie kind of above reproach, which is is sad to say. But uh, when it comes to Disney properties, your movie has to be top tier if it's going to be uh, if it has a minority as the uh, main character. Like Shang Chi, great movie. There, you can't look at Shang Chi and be like, oh, the Asians ruined the Marvel character. Like you can't say that. You can't look at Black Panther and say. All the blacks, they ruined this case. Like, you can't say that. Captain Marvel, you have a, a a woman that's leading that movie. And it wasn't, I'm, like I said, I like Captain Marvel, but it's not a top-tier Marvel movie. And the fact that there are uh, 
a few, uh, not even a few, there's a handful of flaws in that movie. That's enough for those people to tear it down to the point that they're just like, this is the worst movie ever. And they don't deserve to blah, blah, blah. It's, it's pretty embarrassing. I wish these people would grow up and like either watch the movie or don't. But like at, at some point, for you to be sexist and racist towards a non, like a, a fictional character, that's some, that's some loser shit, dog. Like you're a loser in real life. Yeah, you you niggas need hobbies, honestly. Like, I don't. What what do you gain from telling tell? First of all, you're tweeting an actor for playing a character. You tweet a nigga that make more than you, so like you already doing the wrong thing. You you need to go out and make some money, <laughs> but also you can't like the actor doesn't control the character. And again, to your point, if you don't like it, then simply don't watch it. I don't say half of the mean things I think about Chris Pratt to Chris Pratt. I just don't watch Guardians. <laughs> okay, so if you're gonna like, I get if you have a, like if if a movie company decides, hey, you know what, we're gonna make a we're gonna do a remake of Malcolm X, and we're gonna have it starring Seth Rogen. I, okay, I get your angry tweets. Like, you want to be angry at that? I get it. But for you to be racist because they have an Asian woman in space, like, get a life. Honestly, get a life. Um, so we'll, 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 I'm curious to see what happens with the Marvels and if it if it is uh, a musical for the first hour. Because if it if it is, whether it is good or bad, and I, as someone that hate, hates musicals, I'm leaning towards it's going to be bad. But I'm always someone that gives credit to people that take chances and take risk artistically. And for Marvel to start an MCU movie. As a musical, I will give them credit for taking that risk because that is a big risk, big risk. And I will give them props for doing that if they do that. Um, the next movie that they have, um, they have Ironheart, the TV show, which is um, she'll, uh, she'll obviously get introduced in Black Panther 2. So we'll get to see um, a little bit more of her in the TV show. The next movie they have, obviously, is going to be Blade. Uh, I think he'll his character... I don't, I don't, I don't really have any thoughts on this. I don't know what direction they're going to go. I don't know when it's going to take place. Um, I just know that Mahershala Ali is a amazing actor, and I know Blade is an amazing character. I'm not sure who's writing and directing this movie, but I know if Mahershala Ali is attached to it, it's going to be great. So I, I have no doubts that this movie is going to be great. Yeah, I think Blade, Blade, much like Black Panther. Um, I hope at least it will be a departure from the norm, like the cookie cutter uh, rainbows and butterflies MCU. Um, I hope it's gritty. I hope it has a lot of um, occult imagery in it. Um, I get like Mahershala, Mahershala Ali is Mahershala Ali. Jeez Louise is going to be great in it. Um, and yeah, I hope that whoever they get to pin the script, or have to pin the script. I have to imagine that the script's already done by this point, or nearing the end. So whoever they have to direct and all of that, I hope that you know it's one of those movies that is a clear standout from the MCU we've known thus far. Okay, so I, I looked up the director. The director is Basan. I'm gonna if I butcher this name, no disrespect. Basan Tariq. He looks uh, Middle Eastern. Uh, I'm looking at some of the movies that he's done. I'm intrigued by the movies that he's done because none of these movies look like action movies. 
And okay. that was and that was kind of the same thing that happened with the Russo brothers. Like they came in not being known for their action movies, and they turned out uh, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. Like obviously, chock full with action. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can find who is writing this movie. Uh, looks like a uh, Stacy Osei Cooper. Uh, she's a black woman. Nice. Um, looks like she was an editor on the Watchmen TV show. Oh, that's good. She wrote on the Morning Show. Uh, oh. She wrote like the the main thing that she wrote on was the Watchmen. That's the only thing that I've seen that she wrote on. So that I think, like I said, if if Marvel has handpicked these two people to do this, you know, a, a person of color to direct it, uh, a black woman to write it. I have no doubt that this movie's uh, going to be great. Um, I heard him have been involved on the Watchmen television show, which I don't know if you've seen, but yes. it's really good and like a solid show. One of the only HBO shows, honestly, that had a solid like beginning, middle, and end. Like there was no drop off. Um, so to know that she was involved there uh, just lets me further know that Blade's going to be a good one. Now, nah, watch. I don't know if we talked about this on, on this podcast, but Watchmen is a fantastic show. Yeah, I didn't watch the movie because it's apparently like three and a half hours long or something. I was just like, I'm not watching this. But the the TV show, start to finish, like you said, like A plus, like A plus work. I I know there's people that wanted them to do a sequel to it. I I don't know. I just felt like the way it ended, it was like, leave well enough alone, like go out on time. Yeah, I don't know how much more story you could tell, honestly, after that. Yeah, that that was a lot. uh, they have, and we kind of already touched on Agatha, the TV show. They have a Daredevil TV show coming out. That has already, I believe that's been confirmed that that's going to be a mature TV show. And and to go back to Blade, I kind of hope Blade is R-rated. I don't think they will do it. I would like for Blade to be rated R. Uh, Daredevil is going to be uh, a mature TV show for Disney+. Plus. So I'm curious to see how that works. And Matt, Mod- Matt Murdock be getting it in. Like- oh, no, he'd be, he be fucking niggas up. Yeah. And he'd be, get- he be getting fucked up, too. What I, what I have read about this this series, and this is this is confirmed, and I I am hoping that this isn't a week by week show like all the other Marvel TV shows. This season is going to be eighteen episodes long. Eighteen. That's eighteen. That's eighteen weeks if they do it weekly. Like I don't. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of TV. I don't know if it's going to be an hour long, but like even still. Like half an hour, half an hour, eighteen episodes. That's eighteen weeks. So you have to wait eighteen weeks to do that. Like that's a um, I don't know, man. That's that. I mean, I also can't unless they do two episode drops at a time. So they they tell the story in twos. I don't know if waiting eighteen weeks or having eighteen episodes to binge at a time. I I can't see myself doing either. So that seems like a long time to. I don't I don't want to say they're gonna drag it out, but. There's a lot. That's a lot of time for people. Like people, uh, our attention span is pretty short. Like you get to like that, especially considering that all the Marvel shows so far have only been six episodes. Now you're going to more than double that. Like uh, you're asking a lot from your from your audience, honestly. Or they may do it in chapters, so they may do, you know, six, three sets of six. I don't know. I am interested now that I knew it was 18 episodes, but like hearing 18 episodes and knowing like this is either gonna go. 
18 weeks or being 18th episode binge. I'm curious to how that would roll out to your point, considering, you know, Loki was six episodes, you know, Moon Knight was six episodes. Like we WandaVision. WandaVision, while it was a great show, it took a while to get warmed up. Like the first two or three episodes, it was like, all right, what what are we doing? This isn't I'm not really all the way in it. And by the end, I was fully committed. But, you know, you, you got 18. That's a long ride, man. That's a long ride. So I, I, I don't want to keep harping on that. Either way, I'm, I'm a fan of the Daredevil character. I'm a fan of the show they did on Netflix. I'm glad that they were able to make it mature. I think that'll help the show and the character. Um, the next movie they have, and we're going to kind of speed this up a little bit uh, because we're getting, we're getting, now we're in 2024. We're two years away. Uh, we got Captain America, the New World Order. We kind of talked about that already. And we have the Thunderbolts to end out Phase 5. Um, I don't know too much about the Thunderbolts. Uh, I feel like it's just going to be a montage or a, a hodgepodge of characters that kind of team up to go up against Kang the Conqueror. That's what I feel. I feel like that's going to be the Infinity War for this saga, maybe. Uh, I don't know much about the Thunderbolts outside of the actor that was that plays the character that kind of wrangled all these people. So Thaddeus Ross, the actor has passed. Um, so I'm wondering how they make that. I'm, I'm assuming they will recast that actor because um, I don't see the story working without that character being present. His but name is that, his name is Thunderbolt Ross. <laughs> like his yeah. name's in the title. <laughs> so I'm assuming they will recast that with another old white man, um, and then. What I know of the, what I think I know of the Thunderbolts, and I'm sure there's a, a nerd out there that could help me through this. But what I know of the Thunderbolts is that they're like a like the anti Avengers almost. Um, and so, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, I think that that white man's name was John Walker. Um, but uh, yes. Julia Louis Dreyfus, her character was also part of that uh, wrangling of characters. So. I imagine these will be like the anti-Avengers, which will then set up a new ragtag group of Avengers in phase six to go up against the Thunderbolts and then eventually up against Kang, I think. So once again, it looks like if you're not someone who watched the Marvel TV shows, that the Thunderbolts, some of these characters might get lost on you. So Marvel is, Marvel is kind of putting the pressure on their fans to go out and um, watch these uh, TV shows, especially if a lot of the characters are going to be from um, the TV shows that they had uh, put out this, these past year or two. Um, okay. So starting out phase six, and this isn't complete. They only put a few out, but we have fantastic four uh, Avengers, the King dynasty, and it ends with Avengers secret wars. Um, I feel like the standout movie here for me is is the Fantastic Four. Um, this has been a hard group of heroes for anybody to put together correctly. I don't yeah. know why. I don't know why Disney and Marvel have had a hard time making these characters work. Because for me, they're one of the they're one of the superheroes that I knew before the movies. Like okay. they're, they're a well established group of heroes with a main villain and it's like how do we not get this right how how are they able to get a movie an action movie starring chris pratt who does not look like an action star 
a talking tree and a raccoon. How did they make that work? But they can't make the Fantastic Four work. Yeah, it's wild because both iterations of the Fantastic Four prior to the one that we'll get, it's where we got Chris Rogers, or not Chris Rogers, that's not that man's first name. That's where we got Chris Evans. <laughs> um, so that's how we got our Steve Rogers. And then the second iteration of Fantastic Four is where we got our Killmonger. Um, I will say that I believe that the first one was good for the moment. We had, there weren't a lot of, there wasn't a ton of superhero media out at the time. We had already had a Daredevil movie that was okay. Um, I believe Electra had been out at that point or came out around the same time. Catwoman existed. Like we never had any cohesive superhero media. So I think for that specific Fantastic Four at that time, it was pretty good. Um, the second iteration of Fantastic Four was just bad from start to finish. I don't know why they made that. Um, and so I do hope that this third time around that they have taken the time and continue to take the time to put together four actors um, that are capable to carry the story. Because I imagine that the story that Fantastic Four will continue long past this film. Um, I also think that this Fantastic Four is a test run for uh, the X-Men to come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think they're dipping their toe into it uh, with the Fantastic Four. I do wonder if they'll bring John Krasinski back. I'm leaning towards they will not. I think we will have a completely different Mr. Fantastic. Um, and that excites me. I hope that this Fantastic Four go around. Because they've been hinted at for so, so long. Um, I hope that this one sticks and they can really build build a fan franchise out of it. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I know me and uh, Breeze have talked about this. Uh, the guy from The Office, we don't want him as Mr. Fantastic. Like, it's but, not that I dislike him. It's just like eh, it's, I don't. It's fine. It, it's more of a. It was a fan service thing. Yeah. Like, it was a. It was a thing where and there, there's this video going around of uh, Elizabeth Olsen. She did a. There's a TV show, I guess, where they a YouTube show where they take a lie detector test. And they asked her, like, have you met this person before? And it was uh, John Krasinski. And she was like, no, I've never met this guy before. And they're like, really? Like, he was in uh, Doctor Strange 2. Like, you've never met this guy. He's Mr. Fantastic. And she's like, no, I've never met him. So apparently, that whole scene with the Illuminati, a majority of those people were all, like, green screened in later. Like, they didn't know who they were going to have in a lot of those spots. Like they didn't know if they were going to get John Krasinski. They didn't know if they were going to get Black Bolt. Uh, they didn't know if they were going to get uh, Captain Carter. And none of those actors were in the same scene together. Like Patrick Stewart wasn't in the same scenes as them. Like there's a lot of that. that, that and that's kind of the thing with Marvel. It's like they can do so much stuff in like post-production where it just doesn't matter who is there. They're just acting towards something and they'll figure it out later. And that's kind of what they did. So technically, she's never met that man before because they were never in the same scenes together during the filming of the movie. Despite turning him into silly string, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like it's crazy to go back and look at it. Like if you look at it, and you're like, they never really interact with each other. Like, like they might look in their direction, in the direction of where someone would be. But there's never really any interaction between any of the Illuminati members because none of them were there together. Yeah. So it's it's <laughs> that's the, the the magic of movie making. So I I for one would be fine without him. Not saying he's a bad choice. Like if they if they pick him, I'm sure he'll be fine. But I'll, let me ask you this, and we'll move on. We'll move on to like the last thing. Um, 
do you want Marvel to do the uh, we're going to switch up the uh, uh, race of characters from the Fantastic Four? Because the original uh, group, is, they're all white. And then when they did it again, they added Michael B. Jordan as the uh, uh, the human torch. Do you think they'll do that with this coming uh, Fantastic Four? I think they'll do it, but I really hope it makes sense because that Michael B. Jordan race switch, like, hey, it was goofy to me. Like, Hold on, I, did, did, did you watch the movie? Yeah, I did. I, oh, wow. I watched it three times because I. Was, let me tell you why though. I watched it the first time. It was like, ooh, I ain't like that. I must have messed up. So I watched it again and was like, whoo. Yeah, no, I really didn't like that. Why didn't I like it? So I waited years and then I watched it again to be like, did you really, really not like that movie? The third time cemented it. I hated it. Um Jesus. But- that's crazy. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it one time. I've yet to it's see it. It's not good. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I kind of want I kind of want to see it now. I'm not gonna lie. Kind of want to see it. It's it's really goofy. I don't I I, I don't yeah, yeah. I didn't I can't I don't even have words to describe how much I didn't enjoy it. Um, but if they do decide to do the race switching, um, I I just hope it looks a lot less goofy than that instance of where Sue Storm and, and like, I don't even remember. I think, I think Sue might've been the adopted one because their dad was black. I don't even, I don't even know how that worked to be honest. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The uh, invisible girl and human torture brother and sister. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember how, who, it doesn't even matter. If Marvel is going to do the racially ambiguous or the, you know, racially mixed Brady Bunch of Fantastic Four characters, I hope it's not as goofy as the Fantastic Four, what, 2013, I think that movie came out? Yeah. I'm, it's on Disney Plus. I'm, I'm going to watch it. That Even Fantastic though- Four is on Disney Plus? Fantastic Four is on Disney Plus. Yikes! As as much as like, and there's there's zero reason for me to watch it because you said you watched it three times and hated it every time. And for me to go in knowing this information, shame on me. But I I now I need to now I need to see it because I'm I sometimes I don't have a problem watching like shitty movies. Like I'll watch a shitty movie if I know it's shitty and still enjoy it. So I, that's an issue I need to work through with my therapist. Um. So real quick, these are these are a few of the movies um, that they didn't mention, but that are semi-confirmed or fully confirmed. And I'm I'll name I'll name them. You let me know which one you're most most excited for. We have Eternals two, Deadpool three, uh, Doctor Strange three, Spider Man four, uh, and the Mutants. Out of those movies, which one excites you the most? Probably Deadpool 3. Yes! I mean, I, I know Breeze is like, he gonna listen back to this and be like, ugh. But I enjoy Deadpool. Like, I, I obviously, I didn't think Deadpool 2 was, you know, some cinematic masterpiece. I thought it was fun. I thought, I, I guess it's because I don't go in taking Deadpool movies seriously. Like, Deadpool movies, more than any other movie, are movies that I just watched because I truly enjoy the antics like i like ryan reynolds i think he's the perfect cast and that's where fan casting went right like ryan reynolds is the perfect deadpool and i watch those movies because they're fun and they're ridiculous um and they're like self-aware in the most dude bro way ever because they don't ever strive to be these cinematic masterpieces and like you know these blockbuster films at least i hope they don't because they don't achieve that (laughs) um 
But yeah, I think I'm most excited for Deadpool 3, especially Deadpool 3 uh, as part of the MCU footprint. Like the MCU has never had anything quite like Deadpool. Um, they it, tried, but yeah. And it's getting an R rating. So yeah. that's that's confirmed. Uh, I, w- I was going to say Deadpool 3 also. I too enjoyed both of those movies. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but Ryan Reynolds is the best casted superhero in the MCU. It's not Robert Downey Jr. It's not Chris Evans. It's not Chadwick Boseman. It's Ryan Reynolds. Like yes. he is the, the perfect, perfect person for the superhero that he portrays. Like no one is on his level. And not and I'm not saying as an actor, I'm not saying he's the best actor in the MCU, but when it comes to the actor that most embodies the character that he portrays, Ryan Reynolds is the best one out of every MCU character. And yeah. I don't think it's even a, a discussion. I agree. I mean, people always like to throw Robert Downey Jr. in there. And I, I don't I don't mean to disrespect Robert Downey Jr. anyway. But I think Robert, I think Iron Man has like the least like work to do to be a good character. Like, I feel like anybody could have been Iron Man. I think we just got really used to Robert Downey Jr. He's charismatic as a person and as a man. So he makes Iron Man a really charismatic character. But Iron, I don't know that there's a lot of work to be done in portraying Iron Man in the way that you have to have like perfect cadence and tone and comedic timing to be Deadpool. And not to mention that Ryan Reynolds is mentioned in a Deadpool, like he's mentioned as one of Deadpool's inspirations in a Deadpool panel. So he's a perfect, most, I don't think they could ever get as spot on as they did with Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Yeah, he's definitely up there as far as uh, ghost superheroes. And I, I I go into these movies to have a good time. And I've never walked away from a Deadpool movie, whether it be in the theaters or at home, and been like, you know what, that wasn't that fun. Like, Deadpool was a fun movie. Deadpool 2 was a fun movie. Like, I liked all the characters. Like, I liked how Deadpool introduced a lot of new characters. Um, I thought Deadpool, the first one, had a lot of heart. I thought the second one had a lot of heart too. Like, I don't know. I don't know why people dislike this movie. I just feel like some people just don't like to have fun or enjoy life. So um, this is a, an episode where we have kind of like done a lot of dick eating on Marvel as opposed to last week where we were doing a lot of hating. So Marvel kind of really shut us up this week and kind of been like, all right, y'all niggas want to talk shit? Now have this, have this, put this in your pipe and smoke it type thing. So uh, maybe we should slander Marvel more often. And they'll give us more uh, more trailers and more uh, announcements like this to kind of keep us fed or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm missing, and going back to the top of the episode, is where's Shang-Chi and all this? Like, if they can make that make sense, then I'm I'm fully, fully on board. Like, I'm already on board and excited for the next three years of content, three or four years of content. But I'm I'm just a little, uh, I'm a little lost as to why we, we don't hear more about that particular character. That's a very good. Like I, I'm going to be uh, watching a lot the, the rest of this phase very closely. And I, I, I didn't look it up while we were talking, but I'm willing to bet that there has been no character that was only mentioned or only seen in one movie per phase, like Black Panther, Spider Man, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow, Thanos, Guardians of the Galaxy. Everybody was was seen in a movie more than once per phase. So for Shang-Chi to kind of be like a one and done for phase four, that's kind of a bad look. I also uh, find it interesting now that you bring uh, Spider-Man back up. I also find it interesting that I think that No Way Home was like quietly the last that we'll see of Peter Parker. 
You think so? I mean, at least I think that's the last that we'll see of Peter Parker for two, two to three years. Yeah, I, I just don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna fit him in. He's yeah. gonna be hard to fit in, especially considering that no one knows his identity. Like, how do you fit him in in any uh, movie? I mean, it's a great way if you know Sony is not well. They own the characters so and everybody. I I don't know. I'm. I'm wondering because obviously no Spider-Man fit. It's not going to Phase Four. There's Phase Five is booked. It's it would have to be Phase Six, which I just don't see happening. So fair enough. Okay. Uh, we're gonna if you got to go, just let me know. But uh, this is a very important week, and this weekend is going to be very important. It's uh, it's Beyonce week. Yes. So. Everybody needs to kind of get themselves prepared for this weekend. Um, I'm going to be on Twitter uh, looking for people that want to come on and discuss this this upcoming album. Or I'm going to be in people's DMs asking how they felt about the album. And I will be reading their takes about the album on the, on the podcast next week. Um, I, I did the uh, Legoland thing. So I did a lot of traveling and I was listening to... Uh, a lot of Michael Jackson while I was out. And uh, I feel like this Beyonce album is is going to be... What, the, what was I going to say? It's either, it's either going to be her thriller or it's going to be her off the wall. And when I say that, when I say her thriller, I mean, it's just going to be like the sing, like single heavy. Like all the songs are going to feel like singles to where it's like, any one of these songs could have been a, a number one top charter, kind of like how anti was for Rihanna. Or it's going to be her off the wall where it's just like a masterclass of a specific genre when it comes to writing, performing, uh, singing, presentation, everything that embodies a perfect album. And it's crazy to think that she could have something like this this far into her career. But the way the rollout it's been, it's the, the way the rollout has been, how, how it's been so minimal kind of gets me a little bit more excited because she's not doing this thing where she's trying to sell this to you. She's not out there putting out multiple singles. She's not putting music videos out. She's not putting out. I mean, she does. She's doing a little bit of the Instagram thing, but not too heavy. We're not getting anything. We got the one song and that was like three weeks ago. And I'm not saying the song has already like been forgotten, but that was all we got. We got nothing else. She's not pushing this on us the way she has other albums. And for someone of her stature, that, that kind of gets me a little bit more excited for, for this project. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to go into it with as little expectations as possible. That's um, not possible. That's not possible. No. I mean, I haven't. I've tried. No, 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 no. You can't do that with Beyonce. Why? No, expe no expectations? Yeah, I don't have how? Because I feel like Beyonce already done showed us like I'm Beyonce, so I don't. I'm not, I, I'm not saying you're going into this album doubting that it's going to be good or expecting it to be mid, like some people in our group chat. But you can't, you cannot put out self-titled and lemonade back to back, and then go into this next album with no expectations. It's not I don't, possible. I don't have a reason to expect anything from Beyonce at this point. What? This, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> wow, like, 
I feel like Beyonce has shown us what she can do. So I'm going in with like, whatever it is, is what it is. But you expect it to be great though, right? I expect it to be an album right now. <laughs> oh my God. That's a, cop, that's a cop out. You're copping out. I don't know. I really don't. Like, I haven't given it much thought at all. The, I, I hand to God, the only thing I've talked about with my friends is when is she going to send me my box of goodies? Other than that, I haven't discussed the album because I don't have any expectations from it. Um, I haven't looked at who's involved and what I did see, just because we were talking about it, that Drake is on a track. Um, which Beyonce loves Drake. Beyonce loves a lot of things that are questionable, but Beyonce <laughs> loves. <Drake. laughs> um, and so, and I, I saw that Grace Jones had a credit on the album, which I don't know. I, maybe that's she's sampling a vocal, um, and that's where Grace Jones comes in. But other than that, like I don't really expect anything from it. Well, um, I, I I will say that I I did look at that. I didn't read all of it, so that that's kind of where I kind of pulled back from I was like all right I'm not gonna try to read into everything about this album because I want to be uh I want there to be some surprises like I don't want to go in like I'm, I'm kind of upset that I know that Drake's gonna be on a song like I would have liked to have been surprised with that on a Friday um usually with artists of this caliber I tend to the week of listen to nothing but their music like I you know start from the beginning like I'm gonna start with I'm trying to decide if I want to go through her Destiny's Child discography. I might do that. Um, but I'm definitely going to go through all her solo albums and listen to that. And kind of it kind of gets me in the mindset of like, okay, this is where she started from. This is how she has grown as an artist. So when I get to Thursday night or Friday morning, whenever I decide to listen to this, I can kind of see if there is any type of uh, transformation or transition or growth. Or if she just kind of reverts back to doing... Um, you know, just regular stuff, which is fine. Like, but I, I'm I like to do like I did that with Kendrick. I usually do it with Kanye. Um, usually, it's like the high end artist that I'm a, a big big fan of. I usually start and do a career uh, retrospective of them, and that kind of helps prepare me for um, their new stuff. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll come back with a uh, a ranking of her of her solo albums and kind of see where Renaissance uh, lands in the uh, discography. Like for me, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to top uh, self titled and Lemonade. It's gonna be real tough. Uh, yeah, I think Beyonce's just having fun right now. I think Beyonce was in the house like the rest of us during uh, lockdown, and she watched the final season of Pose, and she was watching a little Drag Race. She maybe watched Legendary on Max. And she was like, you know what? I, I could do music like that. And here we are with Renaissance. This is my thing. Okay, so I watched Pose. I haven't watched the last season. Pose, great show. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's a great show. It will make you cry at some points. Um, I haven't watched the final season. I need to do that. But with, you, you said something that kind of triggered something that I was thinking about. Um, that she was just going in here to have fun. So when I hear that, the person that comes to mind for me is Adam Sandler. And it, it, it'll it make sense when I get to you. So Adam Sandler, throughout his career, at the beginning, he he, he came out on fire, right? He made like Waterboy and uh, whatever other movies, like uh, what's that movie? The one uh, with him and the kid, uh, Happy Gilmore, uh, Billy Madison. Like he came out on fire. And then after a while, he kind of just started doing movies that – were in fun places. Like he just got to, he did like grownups 
it was a movie that was like in a nice location that he got to do with his friends. That was just for fun. He's done a lot of movies like that. Every now and again, he'll do something great. Like I watched Hustle. Like he showed that he could act in that movie. He'll do a movie like Punch Drunk Love or Spanglish or uh, uh, Uncut Gems where it's like, okay, he's showing us that he can act. He does have range. He does have chops. He can do the work. But a lot of times he just wants to go to Hawaii with Chris Rock and David Spade and Selma Hayek and film a dumb movie. And that's okay. Sometimes you can just do that. And I, I would like I would like Beyonce to do that. Like that, that's kind of what I want. That's my expectation for this album is for her to put out 16 fun tracks. Like of like 16 7-Elevens, uh, Blow, uh, Single Ladies, just fun-ass songs that people can listen to and have a good time with. And we don't have to think of, like, I don't want to hear Daddy Lessons. I don't want to hear Sandcastles. I don't want to hear uh, 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 Me, Myself, and I. And those are great songs. But I just want to have a good time. I want to have a fun time. I just want to put this on and just rock out for a little bit and just vibe out and have fun. And there's nothing wrong with it. And I wish a lot more established artists would kind of go that route and just kind of just because because they're going to do the numbers. Like Adam Sandler, no matter what you say about his movies, they're going to do the numbers. Adam Sandler's never not going to be able to make a movie he wants to make. And that's the same for Beyonce. That's the same for Drake, for Kanye, for Kendrick. Rihanna, Jay-Z, uh, any of these top-tier artists, Nicki Minaj, they can go out there and do whatever they want. Just do what you want to do. Have a good time and just be free. We will enjoy it. I think the difference between Beyonce and all of those other names is that Beyonce is such a perfectionist and she will never, even if she's just having fun, quote-unquote, she's never going to put out a project that is below standard at any point. Like, Adam Sandler... Why does fun equal below standard? Well, ask Adam Sandler why fun equals below standard. <laughs> some, of <laughs> some of those movies just aren't good. They're fun movies, but they just are not good movies. Like some of Nicki Minaj's most fun work are stupid ho. That's a fun song. It's awful though. It sucks. Okay, relax, relax. <laughs> That's an awful. I love that song. song. I love that song. <laughs> I think even at Beyonce's most fun and carefree, she's still going to deliver something that is so incredibly, you know, I don't want to say revolutionary because I think that puts a lot on it. That is incredible to the point that like her fun is somebody's like dream and like something that somebody strives to do. Nobody's striving to do grownups, but like I'm sure if this is going to be her fun, carefree album, somebody is like, oh, I wish I could make something like Renaissance. Well, she's not going to be like loose. She's not no. gonna be like she's not gonna be carefree. Not yeah, gonna be carefree. Not in public, at least. <laughs> no, like she's too uh she's a Virgo. She's too Virgo. <laughs> I get I don't know what that means. Nobody <laughs> ever saw Kobe Bryant have fun in public. Okay, okay, now that makes sense. <laughs> well, it, it's like nothing, everything has to be like pre-planned. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I yeah. they were saying something about like her concerts or whatever, like even the more the genuine moments that she would have on her live performances were all staged. Like they were all, this is pre-planned. Like we're going to, at this point, try to laugh and joke about something, say something to the, to someone in the audience and have a, um, like a microwaved moment kind of thing to make me quote unquote, look, quote unquote, look normal. Like she's not going to have a lot of genuine 
normal emotions in public. Kind of, I feel like that's what you're kind of saying. Yeah, no, she is. She is very carefully crafted an image of near perfection with like again very uh purposeful moments of like, see, I'm a human too. I'm just Beyonce. I like to have fun. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I think the closest you're going to get to a carefree Beyonce is Beyonce in the interview where she said she'd be a whale. Uh, she had to pick it. And that's young Beyonce. That is pre-media oh, trained Beyonce. So. Yeah, that's that's classic. That's like before I became like, before I got put in that conversation. Yeah. Like, so. When I was just, you know, one of the girls. Now it's like, nah, you generational now. Like you ain't just a regular person. You are, you different now. Exactly. So, you know. Again, only a few more days until Renaissance. Um, and yeah, send me my box as soon as possible. I would like to have my things. <laughs> For sure. So if you see me tweeting a lot about Beyonce this week, that's why that that's why that's happening. There's gonna be a lot of probably hot takes, probably shooting from the hip on a lot of things. Um my one know. question for Beyonce is why are you sending us a CD? Where I'm gonna play that? My Xbox don't got no disk drive. My car don't got no disk drive. My computer don't got no... Where am I listening to a CD, Beyonce? That's crazy how they took away the disk drive on MacBooks. I'm like, dog, what? They're just taking everything away. A single device in my grasp that will play a CD. So I'm going to have a Beyonce CD in the year 2022 of our Lord. And I don't even know what it sounds like. I'm going to have to listen to the album on Apple Music. Facts. Oh, wow. You don't have title? Sell out. Hey, man. App is title uh also ten dollars because I can't pay two sets of ten dollars now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know how much title costs because I don't have title either. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, so that's we're gonna we're gonna wrap up there because I have a list of things I could continue to talk about, but I'm not gonna do that because we don't want to have another uh three hour episode for Breeze to edit through. Um you know, just shout out to everybody, uh Lowski, Nate, South Breeze, uh Shout out to Tribbles. She, oh shit, she's actually she's doing some um, verses between another DJ, I believe. Uh, but it's she has Nicki Minaj, I believe, and the other DJ has Cardi B. So I, I was Ooh, be hopefully, yeah, hopefully that was recorded somewhere. I'd, I'd like to watch that. I'm, I, I asked her, but I haven't heard back from her. But she's really good at uh, the music thing. Like she's definitely a, an inspiration out there. So I would follow her. Um, yeah, just shout out to everybody that supports, listens, retweets, follows. Uh, in the chat, uh, King Quest, he's usually he's usually always in here. Chan, um, everybody that that shows love to the podcast, we always appreciate it. Uh, grab everybody's phone in your house and follow us on Spotify. Um, even if you don't listen, just subscribe, and then hopefully it'll just download automatically, so we can make a little money off of this thing and and put that money back into the to the people that support it. Um, I don't know if you want to do song of the week or not, or if you have any shout outs, but you can. Okay, my song of the week is What Is Your Name by OT Genesis. Just listen to it. I'm not even going to explain nothing about it. What Is Your Name by OT Genesis. When you're done with this, go listen to it, and I promise you won't be upset. What you will be upset by is If I Get Caught by Division. If I had to pick a really bad song for 2022, it'd be that one. So shout out to Jermaine Dupree, uh, the two people from Division, which I don't think a lot of people know that there are two people in Division. There's the front man, the singer, and then I think there's a the producer. I think that's his role. Um, and also shout out to Jay-Z. I don't know why he cleared that song cry sample just for it to sound like that inside of that song, but shame on you for that. Um, do I have any shout outs? Uh, shout out to Tylenol Extra Strength. 
um, for helping with these uh, fever, this fever and these chills. Um, shout out to Alka-Seltzer, cold and flu. We're getting rid of this uh, nasal congestion. Um, and yeah, hopefully I get to go to actual places by Wednesday because I've been sitting in this house for seven days straight and I am uh, starting to talk to the light switches. So, Yikes. Uh, so my song of the week, I know we're giving uh, Drake a lot of credit for the uh, house music thing. I know people are going to give credit to uh, Beyonce for this upcoming album that apparently has some house music vibes to it or uh, the voguing pose dance. I don't know. what What's that genre style of music called? It, it's just house, right? Yeah, it's just house, you know, but you know, okay. you'll, you'll, you may hear house in more frequent uh, LG. You may hear it more frequently rather in LGBTQ plus spaces. Yeah. So I know the big name artists are going to get uh, a little bit more credit for it. Um, but another artist has a similar house music, posy type song that came out uh, a few months ago. Uh, Flo Millie dropped her new album, You're Still Here Ho. The song PBC is definitely house music inspired and it, we're, we're not going to go into this, but I have my issues about this whole album rollout and what they're doing with Flo Millie. Something's going on. I don't like it, but PBC, uh, pretty black cute. Like Flo Millie is one of the more talented young rappers that's out. And I hope that uh, she gets everything that she deserves because she's very talented, like super talented as far as like her flows and breath control and different styles. Like she has definitely 100% earned the name Flo and Flo Millie. So uh, PBC, listen to that song. And I'm going to take a book out of South Breeze's playbook. Um, he decided not to watch any of the trailers for Thor. Uh, he didn't watch any of the TV spots. He didn't watch any YouTube videos. I'm going to do that for Black Panther. Like the trailer that they put out, that is all I'm going to watch until the movie comes out. I'm going to challenge myself to do that. I don't know if it's going to be possible, but that is that is my challenge to, to do that. Yeah. That's my plan, too. Uh, I don't know how how it likely that is because of work um, and a work project that I'm on kind of intermixes with Black Panther. Um, but my goal is to not go past this trailer, um, not watch any of the the breakdowns and things like that and to go in on november 11th um with some kleenex in my jacket pocket and you know an open heart ready to digest this film yeah i feel like it's gonna be great so good luck to me hope you feel better um yeah and this is ktse avenue um south breeze isn't here so you can't really end it so we're just gonna exit out whenever you're ready appreciate you coming on as always and uh uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Yeah, stop ordering food off the internet. You guys are weird. That's <laughs> gross.